Smartcast. But but you have to get in there and you have to light the fire over and over. At some point, the person's going to either do one of two things. You're going to pass the torch to them and they're going to be sitting there holding the torch like, I'm on, I'm in, I'm on board, I'm, I'm ready to go. Or you're going to have people that are like, it's too hot in here. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in the great state of Maine, where I'm recording and broadcasting from a cabin in the woods. We took a trip this week up to Acadia National Park and really enjoyed exploring the area. One of the things you'll find is in Maine is a lot of wild blueberries. They grow naturally everywhere, and Mainers put them in everything. And one of the best things we tried this week was blueberry and vanilla swirled soft-served ice cream. And yes, it was as amazing as it sounds. I'll share more updates on future episodes. As a reminder, Deep Leadership is brought to you this month by our sponsors, Ignite Management Services and Liberty Strength. These sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Also, I wanted to encourage you to join us on our growing YouTube channel. Search for Deep Leadership on YouTube for videos and exclusive content. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about building a vibrant culture, and my guest is Nicole Greer. Nicole is CEO of Build a Vibrant Culture, and we sat down and talked about what a vibrant culture looks like and what leaders need to do to create it. Leaders set the tone, and this conversation will help you make the right decisions to create an unstoppable team. Nicole has a lot of insight on this topic, so you don't want to miss this conversation. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Nicole Greer. Nicole is a principal coach and CEO of Build a Vibrant Culture. Her company specializes in helping individuals, corporations, faith-based organizations, and nonprofits fulfill their mission and exemplify vibrant leadership. She is on a mission to energize, impact, and influence people to lead a more vibrant life through engaging what's possible. And I'm excited to have her on the show today to talk about the idea of vibrant leadership and vibrant cultures. So, Nicole, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, John, for having me here. I'm delighted. Yeah, it's great to meet you. And this is a subject we haven't covered, so I'm excited to talk to you about it. And let, let's get started with um, how did you get started working with leaders and organizations? When did you make the shift and why did you make the shift? Well, the, the first time I ever worked with the leaders, the first day I ever got a job. And I had this <laughs> wonderful guy named Mr. Sansone, who was the owner of the Baskin Robbins, in which I scooped ice cream for. <laughs> and I, I, I tell a story. I have a little program called Vibrant Recruiting, and I share it with human resource leaders all the time who are trying to find great people right now. And I tell them, you know, uh, really, the leader sets the tone and we all know that for how we're to behave, um, you know, that old thing, John, lead by example, that is legit advice. OK, mm -hmm. so 
I mean, Mr. Sandstone, he just said, listen, you know, watch what I do. And he was unbelievable. So I would say that's the first time I really realized leadership. And I think uh, as a teenage you know, young woman, I looked and I was like, oh, you know, he's a little bit like my daddy. You know, you don't appreciate the leadership of your parents oftentimes until mm. you know you don't have it in your life or you meet somebody else. You're like, oh, he's just like daddy, you know? Mm. So, uh, so I did that, but I, I got into the restaurant business. Uh, I, I consider that my very first restaurant job working at Baskin Robbins. And then from there on out, I ended up working in many, many restaurants and worked in Applebee's for a very long time. And got promoted quickly. And I think it was because I shine, dare I say that, about myself. And so that's what I mean when I say vibrant leadership. I just had a lot of energy and I'm, you know, basically a very positive person. So when I talk about building a vibrant culture, you're wanting to instill a positive mindset and allow people to use their talents and strengths to shine, to do really good work. Mm, I love that. I love that. You say that you were fortunate to work with an exceptional leader early in your career. Explain a little bit about that story and how it impacted you. Yeah, I'd be glad to. So when uh, I interviewed with Mr. Sansone, I was, you know, a very young person and I walked in the store and he made it a very formal experience. You know, here I am really, really young. Like I got dropped off by my father for the interview, you know. And so uh, so I sat down with him and he interviewed me in a very formal fashion, meaning that he was very serious about talking to me. You know, he wasn't like, I need some young person to work in this store. In fact, a couple of things he said to me have stuck with me all these years. He said, Nicole, one of the things you need to understand about this ice cream store is that it supports the welfare of four families. Mm. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay. But like, I didn't really get that at the in that moment, you know, because I'm nervous. I'm getting interviewed for one of the first times in my life. And, um, and so I went home and said that and and it's like, well, what he's trying to tell you is that you have to do a good job because there are four families that are inside this business that are counting on you to do a good job so that we can like put a roof over our head, pay the electric bills, send people to college, do all the things that we want to do. And really, it was my first really big nugget of business acumen. You know, th these businesses that we work inside of, these organizations that we work inside of, they're supporting all of us. Mm. And if business does well, then we do well. So see, I think sometimes people forget that, you know, that connection. So huge in my life. And, and so he was very serious. And then the second thing I'll just share real quickly is that when I got the job, which was a wonderful day in my life, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. This year. And here's the thing. He took it very seriously. So then I took it very seriously and, and he gave me my little uniform. So for those of you who don't remember back in the day, you wore a uh, um, chocolate brown shirt, like Baskin Robbins chocolate brown shirt, and like a pink hat, and it had the logo on it that said 31. <laughs> and he gave me my little uniform and he put it on me and he said, uh, Come here, I want you to put your uniform on, go in the ladies' room. And I did. And I put my uniform on, I came back out, and he put me in front of this mirror. And on the mirror, it said, You know, are you ready to meet the customer? Mm. And so he's he said, Look in the mirror. And I said, yes, sir. And so I looked in the mirror and he's like, you know, you're going to need to pull your hair back. We have to, you know, have health precautions and this kind of thing. And so I pulled my hair back, put my little hat on, put my little shirt on. And he said, no, that's exactly what I want you to look like every time you meet a customer. Mm. I was like, and then what did I say? Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> 
you know, so uh, he just, you know, he set expectations, John. And I think um, that's a very, very important part of leadership is setting proper expectations. Yeah, I love that. I love that story because there's so many things that he did right, you know, like like treating you like a person, first of all, not just some, you know, a a warm body to scoop ice cream. Right. And then explain to you what the what the rules are, what the expectations are. And then I like the here's the why. Here's why we're here, you know, and and I think a lot of times employees never hear the why. Like, why? You know, like I, I took over my first manufacturing plant at 32 years old. And I noticed when I talked to employees, they say, if I asked them, what do you do here? I plate this part. I machine this part. I drill this part. But they didn't know the why. Like they didn't understand what they were doing and how it impacted the bigger picture. And you know, on your first day, you learned the why. And, and I think we fail to do that many times as leaders to explain why are we here? Why? Well, how is this job essential to what we're trying to do in the world. And he did that on day one. I love that. Yeah, it, it was fantastic. And if I could share one more thing about Mr. Sandstone, would that be all right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so he takes me, you know, after I look at myself in the mirror, he takes me out and he says, now you watch me today, you just observe. And then at the end of the day, I'm gonna ask you questions. So really be observing. And I think that is a huge piece of great advice for a brand new employee. Watch what's going on pay attention, like pay, like invest paying attention. And so I did that. Now, at the end of the day, as we were cleaning up, he pulled out. And and here's the fun thing. Uh, This was in Toledo, Ohio on Tremainsville Road. This is where I had my first job. And in the city of Toledo, there's a huge company called Toledo Scale. In fact, if you went in any place on America and looked at the name on the little scale, it would say Toledo Scale on it. So he pulled out a little Toledo Scale. And he put a weight on one side and he said, your job is to scoop, you know, a three ounce ice cream ball. And he goes, you can't go over by more than 0.2 ounces and you can't be under by 2.2 ounces. And he's like, let me tell you why. Back to the why. And he said, because um, if it's too small, the customer's upset and they did not get their value Mm. of what they're paying for. And I was like, okay. And he's like, and you can't go over because we have this thing called food cost. When we determined how much an ice cream cone costs, we determined how much we would scoop and we have a profit in there. And I'm like, okay. I mean, you know, I'm just listening to all this going, okay, okay. And, and, and I'm like, there's my first lesson in profit, how to make a profit. Mm. Uh, my first lesson in how to provide value to the customer. And, um, Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I got off on a really good foot. I feel so grateful to this man. He's popped off the planet now, but I feel so I feel so grateful that he he taught me all these things. And it was so easy. We're gonna be in that room anyways, cleaning up, getting ready, shutting the store down. Why not teach? I love that. I love that. And it's a great lesson in onboarding and how that's essential in in new employees understanding what you what you do and your why. And I love I love that example. It's fantastic. So let's take a shift into vibrant cultures. What is a vibrant culture? What does it look like when you're in a company that has a vibrant culture? Yeah. When you're working inside a vibrant culture, you have people who are lit from within Mm. and they are happy and doing work they love with people they enjoy. 
And so that is a vibrant culture. And that's not pie in the sky stuff. Um, it can be done and it needs to be very intentional. Now, one thing I want to say about culture that a lot, I think a lot of people are confused about culture, John, first of all, culture, you don't work on culture. You work on people and the people produce the culture. Mm. So it, it's one person at a time getting them lit from within. And so every single human that a leader works with, they need to have one-on-one time to, first of all, when you, you know, like Mr. Sansone, he like, you know, like he lit the match and he set me on fire. He's like, we're supporting families and we're scooping ice cream and we're providing customer service. And this is, you know, some of the best lessons you're ever going to get. And so I'm like, okay, you know, so like, this is very exciting. You know, it wasn't like, you, you know, like I know people who've been on board. They're like the people I got there. I didn't get my laptop for six weeks. Yeah, I've got a similar story. I mean, I, I t- tell about it in my book where I I basically got a cubicle where the light was out. I got a stapler and no computer for weeks. And uh, I didn't know why they hired me, to be honest. I, and it took my own just self, you know, self-motivation to figure out what I'm why they hired me. I almost quit. I'm like, well, I don't know why I'm here. You know, and uh, so I have just the opposite experience as yours. And this is working for a very large global company that, uh, you know, I you would expect that they would have an onboarding process. They did not. And so I had just the opposite. Um, when I first left the military and went into corporate America, I had the opposite um, training that, that you had. You know, just it was like, what? A, I didn't even know what I was, why they hired me. <laughs> so it's, it's wild. So, yeah. And just a simple thing with spending time and explaining, here's what you do. Here's why we do it. And um, here's what I, my expectations are. Here are the here are the rules of the game. I mean, just simple things like this can get people to really on board with what with with what you're trying to do as as an organization. And the thing is, you're spending a lot of money recruiting and finding oh these. People. I mean, I had advanced degrees. I was, you know, I was an engineer. I had a you know nuclear engineering training. I was I was someone that they someone special they were hiring, and they didn't tell me what to do. I, I literally didn't, had no idea why they hired me. <laughs> it's interesting. So, yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's a shame that what what people do. But I love what you say there is that the leaders light the fire and it's and it's within it. It's it's the individual has got a fire burning in, in, in themselves and they're doing what they love to do. And I think we you know, when we look at the amount of employee engagement in most companies today, it's it's pretty low. And uh, and 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 I think a big part of it is we don't light the fire. We don't get people. We don't figure out what the people's passions are and make sure that they can they can bring that what they're good at and what they love to do to work. We tell them just do this, and if you know, and, and don't ask questions. You know, and I think we don't let them bring their full self to work. And it sounds like a vibrant culture is where. People are allowed to bring their whole self to work and they're doing what they love. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, I, your story, at one point in your story, which I loved, thank you for sharing that with me. You said, um, you know, thank God I was motivated. I, I, I was motivated inside, you know, because yeah. see, here's the thing about a brand new employee. They they're pretty much lit when you get them like that's the that's the beautiful thing like and all you've got to do is you know i mean um you know you've been out in the woods in maine i think you told me right and so (laughs) like you know you're rubbing your two sticks together you're lighting your match or you're using your might your magnifying glass in the sun i don't know how you're lighting your fire but (laughs) you got to lean down and go you know and really all you have to do is breathe 
you know, and that's the part where Mr. Sansone was like, let me tell you why I'm doing this. Let me tell you, let me tell you. He just breathed on me that not to be weird, but like, you know, he, he told me what was going on and, and set those expectations. And, and here's the thing, um, the uh, back to the thing about the vibrant culture in terms of it's one person at a time, uh, because here's what I know, uh, all the companies I've gone out and consulted with, I'll go, I'll talk to the leader who needs my help and they'll say, I've got a really good team, but there's this one person. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-oh. And I'm like, what, what about that person? And they're like, well, you know, he's got a lot or she's got a lot of institutional knowledge mm. or whatever. And, um, you know, we try to keep him or her over siloed in this corner <laughs> or whatever the thing is. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You, you got to, and here's my, here's my philosophy on a vibrant culture. You got to coach them in or you got to coach them out. Yeah. But, but you have to get in there and you have to light the fire over and over. At some point, the person's going to either do one of two things. Um, they're going to receive, you know, you're going to pass the torch, you know, that old saying, pass the torch, you're going to pass the torch to them. And they're going to be sitting there holding the torch. like, I'm on, I'm in, I'm on board. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm with the team. Um, or you're going to have people that are like, it's too hot in here. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm out. And so, um, you know, the question that leaders really need to ask themselves is if somebody is a great technician or has a huge body of knowledge in their brain, but they have a bad attitude and they are negative, um, People say, um, often, if they have a terrible attitude and they have great knowledge, they have to fix the attitude, period, exclamation point. I will arm wrestle people over this because that ickiness of that attitude gets off on everybody. And so I have like a little joke, you know, if you were in a meeting and everybody in the meeting um, you know, had experienced you before. And and it was like a meeting that was like a, you know, one off a project, a new project or something. And, and, and John walks in the room, everybody's like, oh my gosh, John's on this project. Oh my God, it's gonna be great. Because yeah. John has like ideas. He's funny. He's great to get along with. He does what he says he's gonna do. He has follow through. I love working with John. And then in work walks Susan. And everybody goes, the air, yeah, the air goes out of the room. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they invite, yeah. And 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 see, here's the thing. I love what you just said because have you ever done that experiment? Okay, let's all go back to science class. Have you ever done that experiment where you had the candle and you put the cloche, the yeah. glass cloche over top of the candle? You said all the air went out of the room. Susan is a glass cloche. She comes in and she stinks up the air in there and <laughs> all the oxygen get, gets burned out and the light and the and the flame goes the flame goes out. And see, you can't have that. Yeah. You can't settle for that. And and I'll say one more thing about that is and you can't settle for it because you know what? All the people in the room, they thought you were a genius a second ago when you invited John on the project. Mm. And now they think you're not so bright. Yeah. And, 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 you know, when Susan walks in, she's like a little ray of gray. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you've got to be working with people one-on-one, -on -one, shaping them. Uh, um, Peter Drucker said, every organization is forming their people, whether it's intentional or unintentional. 
and we're either forming them or deforming them. It's all forming. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy execution or cultural transformation. It's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the Resilient Leadership Assessment Tool. This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger at Liberty Strength. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. Your energy skyrockets, your sleep improves, your confidence increases, and more. But how can you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best people for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put liberty strength in your corner. Jeremy and his team will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. I've worked with Liberty Strength for the past two years, and I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm still hitting strength personal records at 56 years old. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at libertystrengthtx.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. And what the leader does, uh, it sends the message, right? So if we say that, I think her name was Susan, that Susan was like, it's acceptable for Susan to be here and be on this project. We're saying that it's acceptable to bring that level of uh, negative energy to the team. And we're saying that's okay. And so other people who might be good employees might say, well, you know, if Susan can, can not bring her full self to work, I'm not going to bring my full self to work. And then it's it's contagious. So it's it's the um, you know I, in my first book I talk about firefighting on a submarine. We were taught to run towards the fire, don't ignore it because it can get dangerous and get out of control. And same thing with with people. If you don't address the issue, it's it's a it's a it can be a fire that can really hurt your culture. And uh, so yeah, everything we do, we either I love what you said, we're either forming or deforming based on our actions as leaders. 
Uh, that's 100% right. And I'll tell you a true story. I'll change the names to protect the innocent. But uh, we were going to have this team building session. And uh, here's the thing. It's the first time this leader has ever had team building brought in an outside facilitator like myself. We're going to do this thing called the four elements. And it's a personality profile that's a lot like doing a Myers-Briggs or a DISC or many of the various sundry things out there. This was just how we call the four elements. And so I'm going to come. And so the leader is all excited because he got it approved. And this is a big breakthrough. Don't miss all this big breakthrough. First time we're doing this. We're going to, you know, he is the right kind of leader, kind of. And so the day comes and um, Mr. X on the team doesn't show up. And the leader's like, where's X? X isn't here. Let's find out where X is. X must be late. Let's make sure X is okay. So we're, we don't start on time. Don't miss that. And everybody in the room was like X. And so we're looking for Mr. X. And so it uh, turns out he's decided to work from home today. Mm, wow. And so the leader's like, well, we're having this meeting and I sent you the team's invite and the stuff and the thing. And, and he's like, oh, I've already done this in my career. I'm not coming. Oh, wow. Oh, I was like, you got to get this guy here. And so the leader's like, you know, get in your car and come to work. And he's like, no, I don't think I will. Jeez. (laughs) I found out that nothing was done about it. Yeah. And I was just like, and and here's the thing. Um, You know how, uh, I don't know if you're hearing this, John, but uh, again, about vibrant cultures, one of the things is, is that not only does the leader know the individuals, but the individuals know each other. So I've got lots of little um, exercises and things I do to help people get to know each other at a very cool level. Um, but, uh, you know, this whole thing about like, there's four generations in the workplace right now and, you know, millennials and Gen Z's and all this stuff. And they don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know about all that because I love anybody who works hard and is fun and has a good time at work. I love anybody who's doing all that. (laughs) I don't really look at your wrinkles or your lack of wrinkles or whatever. But, um, the thing about it is, it's like, I hear all the time, an older person, somebody my age, I'm 56, and they will talk about the 20 year olds in a very poor way. Mm. And, and like, just think about Mr. X, he's my age, and he totally disses the training. I mean, what is that young person supposed to think about him? Yeah. Yeah. And then to not respect the young people by showing them leading the way. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll come to training, even though I've done this before. Because doesn't he want his young people to get the the personality training? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's and again, it's I think you're it's one a lot. Oftentimes, I always I always say there's puzzle pieces that don't fit in our puzzle, and that's a puzzle piece that just doesn't fit. <laughs> and so, even if they have great institutional knowledge, uh, it you know it may be best to 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 find other you know he may, may need to find like you said uh, lead, lead his way out of the organization because again, it's it's really affecting the overall culture when you have someone that says I just don't feel like it. You know that's that's not good, <laughs> and when, especially if it's if it's allowed for sure. Yeah. And, you know, they talk about these young people are so entitled. This guy just is so entitled. He's not even going to come to the building today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. That's wild. Oh, no. So anyway, that's that's and is important. When you have a vibrant culture. So when you have employees that are happy, they love their job. They like they like the mission of the organization. They're on board with that mission. 
they're fulfilling their full potential. They're doing what they enjoy to do. What is what is the performance level of the organization like when you have that vibrant culture working and you're firing at all cylinders and you you don't have that one or two employees that are dragging you down, but everybody's on board, everybody's firing. What's it like and and what 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 do companies how do those companies perform? Well, uh, first thing I would say is it's fun. It's yeah. enjoyable. And I, I don't know about you. I've worked a day in my life and I thought, wow, the day really flew past. Yeah. And then, I've worked, then I've worked days and I was like, that was the longest day ever. And <laughs> it, it, it usually wasn't related to the work. Mm. It was related to the humans that I was hanging out with. So I think productivity goes through the roof uh, when the people are happy. Um, so one of the things that I do when I do leadership development um, is I, I, I show a lot of little really simple models because I'm trying to get people to visualize uh, what I'm trying to say. So I have this very simple model where it's a line going up and down. And at the top, there's an arrow pointing up. And at the bottom, there's an arrow pointing down. And I call it the feeling scale. And you know, in, in at the top of the feeling scale is this feeling called euphoric. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, it's that feeling like, <gasps> you know, like there's not even a word for it. You just suck, you know, sucks your breath in and you're, you know, smiling and you're like, whoa, it's awesome. You know, and, and I ask leaders all the time, how many euphoric moments are we creating? Like people are like, oh, we pulled it off. We did it. It was amazing. Yeah. You know, um, so we've got to be very intentional about creating up the feeling scale type environments. Right. Uh, because here's what I know. When people feel good, they're ready for more. Like they can even be tired and they want they'll do more because they're winning, they're achieving, they're having a good time. And I don't know anybody on planet Earth that doesn't want to c- come home and go, look what I did today. I yeah, mean, like yeah. when we were little kids. I don't know what you did, John, but I walked in the door. I got an A. I got an A today. Yeah. And um, and 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 then I'm like ready to go back to school where that's the place where I succeed. And yeah. so it's exciting. Now down the feeling scale, and I'm not making a joke here, at the bottom of the feeling scale is this word called suicidal. Now, if you hang out with all my HR pals, they'll tell you uh that suicide, it's it's at an all-time high. Um, and it's not a joke. I mean, people are don't think there's a reason to live. I mean, come on, this is serious. And yeah. people may not be suicidal at your workplace, but if they're sad, they're mad, they're unglad, they think Larry is a jerk, they think Mr. X is a jerk, they think Susan's a jerk, whatever, um, they don't bring their full selves, like the words that you just had come out of your mouth. And so in a vibrant culture uh, where we are tied together and we are all lit, we all know why we're doing what we're doing, uh, we're seriously productive, we have better ideas, better energy, um, and get more get more done. And here's the thing. Let's go back to Mr. Sansone. When you get more done, when you sell more ice cream cones, you make more money and everybody benefits. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's business acumen. People people are not understanding that. And, and I'm a big proponent. One of the things I also teach them, build a vibrant culture, is to have open books. I think it's very important to explain to people how the money is working. Because if, you're, if your business is making a bunch of money and your people are not asleep they see the money okay they see the money coming in the door they 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 know this big part went out and it cost however many dollars like in manufacturing you you have these big parts going out the door somebody's buying this stuff and you know that but you don't know how it all works um so a good example is i work with a manufacturing organization in uh, denver north carolina they just got 
uh, one, this is how they said it, one big robot and three little ones. Cause that's how they talk, talk to me about it. You know how much that one big robot and the three little ones were millions of dollars. Yeah. Now we have to explain to people, you know, we are selling this product. We have expenses, we have net operating income, and then we have this thing called capital expenditures. And that's what the big robot and the little, little robots were. Yeah. And then underneath that is cash flow. Yeah. And so the average, you tell me if I'm wrong, John, you were in manufacturing. The average person in the manufacturing organization doesn't understand that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And they think the, the guys, you know, at the top are on a yacht. <laughs> it's interesting because I've, you know, I ran eight different manufacturing. This is my ninth manufacturing business, my own that I started seven years ago. But I've, I've run nine different manufacturing businesses. And one thing I've always done is all employee meetings every every month, right? And I've always shared the financials and how the company's doing, why they're doing. One of the things I've found, though, is especially with blue collar workers is I like try to explain money in terms of things that they would recognize. Like I would talk about like our scrap for the month. I would say I would have put up a picture of a car and I'm like, all right, see, this is a Ferrari. This, this, this here Ferrari is worth, you know, I don't know, $70,000. That's how much scrap we had this month. And do you, you know, that's not good. And, and I think it just using analogies like that and, and showing, uh, something that's more relatable than say seventy thousand dollars. So it seems like a lot of money, you know. But I don't know what that is. But but that helped people gauge some of the, the the messaging I was trying to do is put it in terms that it's easy to understand. It's and it's it's and it's kind of fun. You can have fun with it too. And you know, like oh, we only bought a you know we bought a used Pinto last month. We're getting better, you know, at this. And so you know, I think doing some of that we added a little bit of color and fun. And it's a little less boring and dry than cash flow statements, because I think um, even <laughs> I would say even, you know, guys that uh, went to school for accounting don't want to see cash flow statements. <laughs> you know what I mean? So make it interesting, make it fun and and keep I love the fact that you say keep open books and and we do that. I do that in my current business right now. I actually put out the cash flow uh, forecast for every week, every Monday morning. Here's, here's what's coming in. Here's what's going out. Here's what's in the bank. And so everybody knows where we stand. And I think it's a good way to be. It's a better way to be. So it's sort of open books. Here's where we're at. Here's what we need to do this month. We, here's what we have to do this week. And I think it helps people understand the business, uh, the ins and outs of the business better, for sure. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, because even if you have somebody who is highly educated, they are, um, for example, I was working with a dentist last month. You know, uh, dentists don't go to business school. They go to dental school, you yeah. know. And so if you hire an associate dentist, you have to explain to this uh, young woman, hey, listen, this drill you're using. Uh, in fact, one of the, the dentists I was working with, he said that he had like this cord hanging off, you know, the thing that goes in your mouth and sucks the, you know, yeah. that thing. And so uh, he, the cord was like hanging down and it was on the floor and the the young lady that was working with him kept rolling over it with her chair. Um, and he was like, Wait, well, hold on, you know, like it alarmed him greatly because he knew how much the cord was. And so he's like, you can't roll over that cord. You know, it costs this much money back to your, you know, and, you know, he could have said, this is the same as like eight lattes at Star Starbucks or whatever, <laughs> you know, exactly. whatever she can relate to. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it, you know, people, was she meaning to roll over the little cord? No, she's in there nervous. She's working with her new boss, you know? Um, and so, it, you know, we, that's the thing. 
my main thing for build a vibrant culture is spending one-on-one time with your employees because you know john my a lot of leaders will say why don't they think the way i think because you haven't sat with them and told them <laughs> why you think the way you think yes. they gotta understand yeah i love it i love it one thing i noticed i was looking through some of your social media and i love it by the way you got great social media we'll put links to that in the show notes but uh you had on instagram and i, I want to ask you about it you said celebrate your people not just their accomplishments at work explain what you mean by that Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, here's the thing. People have two motivations in the workplace. Okay. One is I'm a career person. That's who I've always been. I think that's who you are. If I had to roll the dice, I'd say you're, (laughs) you know, military and everything. So, you know, it's like, I want to have a career, not a J-O-B. And it's okay to have a J-O-B. It's totally fine. Now, most people have a job to support something outside of their work life and we need people doing things outside of business to make the community beautiful the world beautiful um and so i'll give you an example that just happened uh last 3 days i was working with a manufacturing organization and i was doing uh, what they call expertise and leadership training so we're doing change management emotional intelligence all this stuff and so i uh, had this one woman in there now don't miss this it's it's leadership development this woman's in there she's been with the company 29 years mm. finally somebody's like she should probably go to that oh wow and she's going to be there another 10. I mean, like she literally started when she was 18 in this building. So anyway, uh, so she she is fantastic. Well, she works on the production floor and she has institutional knowledge out the wazoo, 29 years. But she's also a love. She's absolutely delightful. And she loves to bake cakes. Uh-huh. And so I post that on social media. It's kind of like, um, you know, we need to probably be telling everybody that she has this cake business. Because all weekend long, she bakes beautiful wedding cakes and birthday cakes and this kind of thing. It's never interfered with her job for 29 years. Why wouldn't we tell the world and all the all the people that we know in the uh, North Carolina area that she bakes these cakes? So, um, so Mala is her name. And so uh, yesterday, she surprised us all. And she brought us this red velvet cake that would knock your socks off. It's beautifully decorated. And she's like, I just brought this for y'all. And we're just like, you know, and so everybody's so happy in training. But, you know, you know, she's never going to be of, I don't think, I mean, if she wants to, maybe when when she retires, but like she loves her workplace family and she loves making two, three cakes on the weekend. It's it's her thing. And so we celebrate what they do. Um, A lot of times people have a child. They buy a new home. They they do all these things that Mr. Sanson was talking about. This business supports, you know, these four families or these 400 families or 4,000. So, look, we're all working our butts off here. But look, he just bought his first home. If yeah. you work here, you work in a reliable company where the numbers are good. In fact, we'll show you the numbers. There's open books. And you can work here and you can save your pennies and you can buy a house. We have stability. We love each other. We're all lit. We're all making it happy. We're nowhere in this life together. And so I think you should definitely do that. And I think, too, last thing about that, because see see how passionate I'm getting, John? I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Is, you know, sometimes people do something amazing on the job that surprises us. And I want to tell you something. 
I think one of the best thing about people who are lit is they're emanating light. And when you emanate light, you can kind of look around and see what needs to be done. You know that old thing, you know, don't don't wait to be told what to do. Look around, see what needs to be done. You know, um, and in the restaurant business, you know, if there was a dirty dish on your uh, your the the other server on the shift, you know, you would go by her table and take the empty plate away. We just help each other out. Right. So so you look around, you see what needs to be done. Well, leaders and it's that old thing of um, managed by walking around that comes out of that old book by Ken Blanchard, one minute manager. Um, if you catch people doing right, you should celebrate it. You should show people because then you will get more of that. Mm. So it's just these little things you can do that are so powerful um, that get people lit. You notice I'm doing something good. It stokes my stokes my fire. Absolutely. Such a great, powerful message. I love that. Um, in fact, I've got a chapter in my uh, my first book called Celebrate Employees. So it's interesting that we yeah. think a lot of like because it's very important. I've been doing it for years and it's interesting to see, um, you know, see, see the reaction of employees when you notice something about them. And you notice that even if it's outside of work and accomplishments, absolutely important, very important for building that uh, rapport, building a great culture. Um yeah, building a great workplace for sure. What uh, what final message would you like to leave with our listeners about what you do uh, and this idea of vibrant cultures and vibrant leadership? Yeah, I'd be glad to. Yeah, one of the things uh, that I just would really encourage you to do is um, maybe uh, start now because 2024 will be here before we turn around. I mean, can you believe what today is? It's, uh, you know, July 21st. I can't believe it. Um, so, uh, is to set up a formal employee performance process. And I don't mean once a year reviews. <laughs> I mean, making sure uh, that there's time on the calendar to sit with people for at least 15 minutes up to an hour, regularly calendared, where you can sit down, you can formally put goals in place for that person, places for them to grow, um, to look at what's possible. And then in between those times, you're going to encourage them to make the possible probable. And then you sit with again, them again. And, and the, the leader who is a vibrant leader is going to, L, get lit, lead with clarity. Here's what I want you to do for the next space of time. And then they say, you know, here's where you're doing so well. Um, here's the quality of character it's going to take to get this done. And we didn't talk about character, but I think it's a huge thing. So I is for integrity. And then T, we're going to transform what's ordinary. On my watch, you're going to be extraordinary. You're going to be amazing. So if you want to buy a house, get a Ferrari, bake a cake, whatever it is you want to do with your life, I'm here to help. I'm your leader. So I'm going to develop you. I'm going to help you get lit. So you can't keep a fire burn if you don't throw a log on the fire. And so I would say that. And the, and the, and the last little tidbit is um, I love to share this wherever I go. I had a wonderful human in my life and I've been very blessed. But, you know, on the other hand, you know, you have to go seek out great people to work for. Got to get get with the good pe- people, good companies, good mentors, good stuff. Got to go find it. You can't sit around and complain about it. Um, uh, Don said to me, Nicole Greer, uncommunicated expectations are a premeditated opportunity to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's money. And and so don't sit around complaining about stuff. Go out there, set the tone, set the expectations, ask people what they're going to do, get some goals in place and talk. Just talk about it. 
And it's amazing how people will get passionate or fired up about what they're doing. Fantastic. Great advice. Solid advice. Something to do as you get ready to, uh, as we close out this year, get ready for the next year, something you can do to really elevate your game as a leader and elevate your team's performance by actually spending time with your people. Amazing. <laughs> it's not that hard, but sometimes we don't do it. We ignore it. We forget. So yeah, my, my son has the same. He's like, it, it's not brain rocket science. And I'm like, that's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. All right. Well, very good. How can listeners find out more about you and the services you provide? Yeah, absolutely. So just simply go over to www.vibrantculture.com and you'll find my website and I have a podcast there. I have blog posts. I have all the stuff. Um, And then also the best place to find me is probably on LinkedIn. If you're listening to this, I bet you're a leader. I bet you got a LinkedIn profile. And if you just go there and put Nicole Greer and it's two R's and two E's in Greer, G-R-E-E-R, I'll pop right up and uh, I'd love to be LinkedIn with you. Absolutely. We'll go ahead and put links in the show notes for all of those resources. And I highly encourage you, if you're listening in, to connect with Nicole, connect with her social media. There's a lot of good stuff on there and a lot of things that are going to make you think and remind you of what you need to do to create a vibrant culture and to create a vibrant workplace. So I highly encourage you to check out her resources, connect with her on LinkedIn and other social media if you really want to continue to grow as a leader and to continue to build a great team. Nicole, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I really appreciate your insight and helping us understand a little bit more about what it takes to build a vibrant culture. Thanks for coming on the show. John, I'm grateful for you and grateful for your time and everybody have what I call a vibrant day. (laughs) Outstanding. I love it. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid.